Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes to the decibels. I'm your host, Maxwell Lewis-Sanders, and this is episode 81. For those of you listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture. It's a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Woody Harrelson's two pay choices, Christina Applegate's comedic career, and Jenny Gump being the worst girlfriend in the history of cinema. She really sucks. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. This is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld level daily observations. So I'm nocturnal. I can't go to bed before 4 a.m. That's what a decade and a half of working in the bar industry does to your internal clock. It just, you know, twists it sideways. But I like it. I feel like I have my own private world simulation, minus all the other sim players bumping into each other with those little green dots on top of their head, you know, the sims. And a huge benefit of this kind of lifestyle is the night walks I get to take with my dogs. It's like 2 a.m., put some clothes on. Not that I'm naked, but I'll put on like clothes for outdoor time. You know what I mean? Like if it's hot, you know, I'll do, why am I telling you? Well, of course, if it's hot, I'm going to put shorts and a t-shirt on. If it's cold, I'm going to put a jacket on. I don't need to tell you what clothes are appropriate for what weather, but put clothes on. And then I get to stroll around with nothing but my thoughts, a breeze, a podcast gently playing in one ear. You got to have one ear open just in case, you know, a monster is going to sneak up from you from behind or someone's going to rob you or you don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? It's the middle of the night. But the past week, I've noticed this red Jeep Wrangler just randomly speeding up and slowing down throughout my neighborhood at random intervals. So like he'll stop at a house for no reason, wait for three minutes, and then take off and do another kind of square lap around the block. And I'll see him five minutes later, randomly stopping again at another house. And I've been doing these night walks for years now. And every so often, this type of driver pops up for like a week or two and then vanishes. And they're not delivery people because they're not delivering food to any of these houses. They're just stopping. Like, is this a glitch in the matrix? Am I having a stroke? I don't like, what are these people doing? Like, what's going, what's going on? I, I mean, it's insane to me that you would just be driving and then just stop casually, stay with the car running in the middle of the road and then just speed up, do it all over again for like an hour or two. It's like, my best guess is they're just kind of slow driving, getting high and they're just losing like their perception of time and space. That's all I can guess. Or I'm slowly be dri- being driven mad by a multi-billion dollar conglomerate like Michael Douglas in the game. Or government spies are Will Smith enemy of the stating me. Like who knows? I mean, that, those are both realistic possibilities. But either way, it keeps me on my toes at night, which isn't good. You know, you want to be aware when it's two in the morning and you're by yourself. But how perfect though. I just mentioned two movies that are discussed in my favorite podcast of all time. It's The Rewatchables. Great name, by the way. Like, I've spent tons of time thinking about my name, and it was hard to come up with. And it's, I'm still not in love with it. And also, I have a, for our 80s podcast, I think we've spent three, four hours discussing and breaking down names. Like, The Rewatchables is the best. It just tells you exactly what it is. And it's fun to say, Rewatchables. And it's Bill Simmons' podcast. And it discuss, it, it's the most fun podcast I've ever listened to. It's just discussing movies that are the best when you watch them over and over again. Like they break down career arcs, they break down best quotes, they do overacting awards, they do Apex Mountain questions about all those involved in the movie. And basically it's you and your buddies breaking down your favorite movies for an hour and a half. Like some of the examples are like Gone Girl, Do the Right Thing, The Town, Top Gun, Mr. Mom. It's like not necessarily movies that win critical acclaim, but just fun movies that we all adore, cult classic kind of vibes. And it's delightful. 
I, if I could do anything in my career or in my life as a career, it would be using the rewatchables format and just gushing about my favorite flicks with a rotating circle of my nearest and dearest friends. I mean, if Bill Simmons, that's my dream. If I, if I had a fantasy dream of my career, it would be that Bill Simmons calls me up and he's like, Max, I need you for the rewatchables every episode. We're going to do one a week and that's going to be your career for the rest of your life. And I would start crying and I would break down and I'd be like, my life is complete now. I can die happy. And then I would wake up and I feel really sad. But the re- actual rewatchables in reality, there's 153 episodes currently on it. And I've ripped through about 139 of them. And I'm determined to finish them all. I mean, it's the pandemic. What else am I going to do? There's 14 more movies that I can watch. That's awesome. Because So my favorite pastime during the pandemic is to knock out one of these rewatchable movies and then instantly take a walk and listen to the pod right afterwards on that movie so I can bask in the reflected glory of my entertainment heroes like Bill Simmons and, you know, Ryan Rosillo and Chris Ryan. Just adoring a movie that I just enjoyed. Like, it's the best feeling to know that you're part of a group that loves these silly movies you know what i mean especially people that are successful celebrities and they're like this is cool i liked it for the same reasons you liked it let's just you know let's feel connected like you nod with a big dumb smile and you cackle at quotes and impressions of the characters it's just so enjoyable to learn the nitty-gritty facts about these usually underrated and under-reviewed movies that span they start like 1970s i think the oldest one was 1969 butch cassidy and the sundance kid which what they did with Aaron Sorkin and they do movies as recent as you know this year so but the facts that they tell you like I just learned that Teen Wolf only cost 1.2 million dollars to make and made 80 million dollars in theaters and was shot in 21 days like that's information that's now lodged in my brain forever and there's nothing better than useless knowledge about corny werewolf movies uh, that involve really bad basketball (laughs) so it got me thinking like who are the most entertaining podcasters on the rewatchables and why? So who brings me the most joy? Uh, where are they like collectively ranked in the rewatchables hall of fame and who's the best at discussing movies. And, you know, this kind of is like, now this is my profession is reviewing movies and all this kind of stuff. So I want to review and rank the people that I adore and I look up to, you know, because I've poured over the data and I've come up with, the unquestionable top 10 hosts of the rewatchables. And I've Mel Kuyper like analyzed their skills and weaknesses because drafting and ranking stuff is the most fun format for categorizing stuff. It's just really fun. So I wish I had Mel Kuyper's hair too. She's got a good head of lettuce. So let's get into it. The rewatchables top 10 picks starts right now. And I'd splice in that on the clock NFL music that, but I'm technologically illiterate. So I just imagine that like, or no, I can't. Man, I'm tone deaf too, so I can't really do it. But just look up NFL draft clock music, and you'd get the vibe. So number ten, I'm going Sean Fantasy. And yes, I am criminally undervaluing the movie king of the Ringer Podcast Empire. But this is about my enjoyment when listening to the pod. And Sean takes all this stuff way too seriously. Like, I'm an educated dude. I went to college. I read books for entertainment. I mean, they're audio books, but I mean, who's counting? But some of the words and term- terminology that Sean uses are just so elitist and snobby that I want to reach through the, my phone and slap him around a bit. I think he said Fight Club was a polemic or something like that. And I was like, I don't even know that word. And I'm, I'm sad. and I feel dumb listening to you. It makes you feel stupid. Like, he tries so hard. And it's often valid, but I don't need a lecture on the art of film. Like, I'm here to listen to friends chop it up about irrelevant movies. 
Like, I don't need to know Cocktail was a study of American greed in the 1980s, or I don't want him punching holes into the plot of Dark Knight and like ripping Inception apart for being confusing. Like the podcast is a dessert tray of, of analysis, okay? I don't need meat and potatoes, film school education uh, from Sean Fennessy in my free time. Like, okay, Sean, just like, let me be. Like, I get it. I mean, he's just, he's just so, he's so dry about it. But I do love how everyone messes with his elitism and Bill always seems to make him uncomfortable with some weird sex-based like what if question. And he's a great like villain adjacent member of the pod, but he's so frustratingly rigid in his views that it just drives me nuts. So sorry, Sean. And he's been like in probably 75% of the podcast. He's like a big core member of it. Like I still love him, but clearly for me, he's not a top five player. Number nine, I got Wesley Morris. Now, this is Sean without all the arrogance. Wesley is a New York Times film writer, and he brings like this layered expertise that Sean has, but with a much more lighthearted flair. He'll talk for an hour about his love for Diane Lane, and he brings that same passion into that talk as he would if he's dissecting Spike Lee's filmography. Like everything's important to him. Everything's like fun, important to him. Like it's educational without being snobby. Like he giggles, he gushes. He usually does a solo pod with Bill and they have a nice chemistry. And remember like styles make fights and it's important how you flow with your partner on the rewatchables. And Wesley is an excellent dance partner. Like I like that he can go toe to toe with Bill. Like he doesn't bend to Bill. Like they seem like equals. And that's important because I can't stand when people like Kyle Brandt, who I really like, was on a podcast with uh, Bill about Teen Wolf. And he kind of just kowtows and bends over backwards to please Bill. Like you got to have your own viewpoints. And Wesley brings that to the table with every pod. Just love him. And he's just cute. He just seems like an adorable little guy, like adorable little educated guy. Doesn't seem like he's play sports, <laughs> but he likes sports. But uh, number eight, I got Van Lathan. Controversial pick because he's only done two pods. I think he did Boomerang and he did uh, Bad Boys. And he also did like a semi one with Sean Fennessy on the big picture about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That was technically a rewatchable, but it really wasn't. But the dude brings a unique energy to the pod. Like he's a former uh, TMZ guy. He's from Louisiana. He brings an authenticity and a different viewpoint to each podcast because he's part super nerd, part celebrity expert, and he's loud and spastic. And he's one of those high-pitched cackle laughs that's utterly infectious. He always tells hilarious Baton Rouge growing up stories that slay me. They're just really funny. It's just like coming from like kind of lower socioeconomic status and you know all that kind of stuff. He has strong opinions. He conveys with passion. And I know he's, like I said, he's only been on two or three pods, but it's like when you hear a great singer for the first time, like when you first heard Kelly Clarkson on American Idol, like, okay, she's a star. Or when you see Vince Carter dunk for the first time in high school, you don't need much more context. Like you can spot talent right away. And in entertainment, it kind of shines through. And Van Lathan has it. Also, he's doing a podcast on The Wire with Jamel Hill called Way Down in the Hole. And it's incredible. I just love Van. He's super silly, super genuine. Love him. Number seven, this is Ryan Rosillo. This is a homer pick. He's a Boston guy. I'm a Boston guy. I mean, he's from Nantucket, which is technically, I mean, it's not Boston. And I'm from Newton, which is like 15 minutes east in a suburb or west. Actually, I, have, I don't know where it is in relation to Boston. I know it's 15 minutes away. I just don't know geographically north. I don't know my north from south or east or west. I don't know any of that stuff. But he's a Boston guy or Boston adjacent. And I've loved Rosillo since his Scott Van Pelt sidekick days when they did a radio show together. And I will always listen to his stuff because he's dry, he's a dick, he's bitingly sarcastic, and there's no one quite like him at the ringer. 
he's weirdly the only person on the pod that seems to be the alpha when he's talking with Bill Simmons. Like normally Bill controls the room or there's a even distribution of kind of uh, the command. But with Brasillo, he laughs harder and more randomly than with any other guest. And it seems like Brasillo keeps him on his toes, like because of all the sarcastic stuff. Uh, Simmons doesn't see it coming a lot of the times. And like I said, Rosillo takes the driver's seat a lot of the time. And hearing them specifically break down Boston-based theories around movies like The Town or like Goodwill Hunting, it just slays me every time. He's in that, he feels like a Chevy Chase kind of Vince Vaughn mold of this good-looking asshole guy that is also so charming and full of himself that he grows on you. Like that's Rosillo. He occupies a unique corner of the rewatchables and he adds some spice to the podcast. Very unique. Definitely an acquired taste, though. I would understand why a lot of people don't like him. Like a lot of people don't like him, but I like him. Brings it, a, you know, it brings a different vibe. So number six, I'm going to Amanda Dobbins. She's half of the Big Picture podcast with Sean Fennessy, and she's kind of this joyous beam of like fairy light every time she's on the show. She's a bullpen pitcher, is the way I describe her. She has this unique throwing motion. You know, like I'm trying to think, like Hideki Nomo. God, I have this. Do I have his first name wrong? It's Hideo Nomo. Yeah, there we go. She's a specialist is what I'm trying to say. Like she's the queen of rom-coms and feel good films. Like when Harry met Sally, the holiday, Mr. Mom, mean girls. She's basically like the anti Rosillo. I can't imagine them on a pod together. I can't, I think either Rosillo would make her cry or she would just make Rosillo annoyed with her positive light in general. They would, they would definitely clash. That'd be an interesting one. I don't even know what movie they'd pick together. God, what movie would that be? It'd have to be like a feel good Boston movie. Is there one? Is there a feel good Boston movie? Usually Boston movies are downers. That's interesting. There's not, I can't think of a good feel good movie from Boston. But like I said, she's basically the anti Rosillo. Like when she argues, she's one of those nervous laughter who gets high pitched as they feel attacked. Like she's kind of like laugh, like nervously laughing about her opinion. And she works well with everyone. Like I always feel better after listening to her break down the romantic realism or non-realism of silly 80s love stories. Just a lot of fun. Number five, going Jason Concepcion, the little brother of the group, which is appropriate because I think he's like five foot four. He's just a tiny guy. And he's probably the largest nerd expert of the group. He can recite Game of Thrones quotes like they were the Bible. If you listen to his binge mode uh, podcast, he can do like an hour and a half breaking down the magic of a Harry of like a chapter of Harry Potter. It's unbelievable. Like he is the amount of information he has on just nerd culture is it's spellbinding. And he worked in a movie theater as a kid and has this intense enthusiasm of a person who just left the movie theater after seeing Star Wars for the first time. Like that's the energy he brings every time. Endlessly knowledgeable, zero arrogance, works well with others. He can do the large four person pod and not get swallowed up by it, but also not try to dominate. See, my dogs are really excited about it too. They're barking. <laughs> they like Jason as well. Yeah, he comes over for dinner once a week. You know, we cook together and hold each other and watch movies. Oh man, they're they are getting after it. Okay, <laughs> so distraction. That's what you get from a live podcast. You get a little bit of a uh, little bit of improv. But like I said, he's he's fantastic. He's really good at the silly action movie genre, like the Armageddon's, the Gladiators, Blood Sports, which are totally in my wheelhouse. He's very uniquely high energy and sarcastic and silly. And they use him sporadically, which always makes me want more. I'm like, I want another Jason Concepcion podcast, but that's a brilliance. You know what I mean? Like if you use them a lot, maybe I'd be sick of them, but because they use them so sparingly, I'm always like, I'd like a little more of him. Number four, Shea Serrano, kind of like the adult version of Jason Concepcion, like the king of pop culture in the flesh. He's the ultimate popcorn movie guy. 
He's obsessed with John Wick, Fast and Furious, The Warriors, Con Air. He's wrote a couple of books about movie culture. I think he even did like a giant PDF on Scrubs or he like broke down the dinner party episode of The Office. He just takes like the best stuff of culture and just really breaks down in an educational way. Like you said, he take like I said, he's taking insanely fun B-level movies and assessing them as crown jewels of entertainment like they actually are because they are. I mean, they, they're fantastic. Who's to say The Office isn't more profound than, I don't know, The Shape of Water, which is a stupid movie that won an Oscar. Like he, like I said, he's the subdued, more straight man version of Jason Concepcion. And rather than just fanboying out, he takes on the task of adding depth and perspective to a field of movies that doesn't get a lot of intellectual analysis. I mean, I think his, I think one of my top five podcasts is his breakdown of Den of Thieves. Like I just love that he's so passionate about a B-level ripoff movie of Heat. Uh, plus, he's got this great calming radio voice. You know, voice is important and. It's just soothing and clever in kind of a nonchalant way. He's a great back and forth with Bill, and he's kind of my action movie guru. If he's recommending or talking about something that I haven't seen, I immediately go see it. Number three, I got Mallory Rubin. She's probably the most well-rounded. No, she definitely is the most well-rounded of the rewatchable podcasters. She can go heavy into romantic comedies. She can break down sports movies like The Natural with a scary amount of knowledge. She's really like sports knowledgeable too. She kind of reminds me... Uh, the way she talks uh, as, uh, God, who's Chuck's wife in Billions? Wendy Rhodes. Yeah, she's kind of got that Wendy Rhodes. She can bring up any quote in any field and is kind of just this amalgam of awesome information. And she kind of, she, also she fearlessly brings up all the weird sexual questions about bizarre movies like Basic Instinct. And these are questions that usually everyone else is afraid, too afraid, too afraid to ask. Like, I mean, even getting kind of, bl I'm blushing a little bit like thinking about it. Like, I swear to God, she spent, a solid 15 minutes once on the basic instinct pod talking about Michael Douglas's butt and the Michael Douglas Sharon Stone sex scene while Chris Ryan and Bill Simmons giggled like eight-year-olds. It was incredible. It's one of my favorite moments. I'll definitely just find that podcast, find that point, and just listen to it sometime. Like, and she's very emotionally invested in her movie watching. Like her voice will crack. She'll tear up. If, if there's any kind of animal cruelty in any movie, she'll lose her mind. She'll yell at this, she'll yell and scream about stuff she'll whisper at points and she'll just flail into like into the depths of a movie i just love it it's so unpredictable like when she's on the mic it's always always interesting and i don't know where she's gonna go she's kind of like billy crystal and when harry met sally like she never lets a thought group go unsaid and it makes every pod with her kind of spastic and delightful as she laughs her way through it i just love 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 mallory fun name to say too mallory rubin Everyone on the show has great names, like Van Lathan or Ryan Rossillo. Like, everyone's got very radio names, now that I think about it. Or is it because they're so popular? Is that why I think about that? I don't know. Number two, I got Bill Simmons. Like, I can't leave the podfather off of his own list. Like, Bill's the ringmaster. He created this whole thing. Like, his recall of movie and sports stats is second to none. And no one does a better comparison between the two. Like, I love when he's like, oh, this actor is like Bill Russell. Or, you know, this actor is like or I think he compared, because I listened to the Teen Wolf one recently that he compared Kobe to Teen Wolf. You know I mean? I just love that. And I love when he laughs at his own jokes. He's just very amused by himself. I love people like that. Like the Dennis Miller kind of theory where you just laugh at yourself and it makes everyone else laugh. And he might be the funniest yeller I've ever, I've ever listened to. He does it without warning. And it always just jars me like up, like my shoulders go up when he does it. And he picks 90% of these movies. And I don't think I've hated any of his 153 choices. So the dude has taste. 
And I love that he spent his 20s just re-watching movies on HBO, TNT, AMC. And that's how this podcast was created because that's exactly how I spent my 20s, just going through movies, watch them over and over again. And the categories he creates are brilliant. Like he created this one called the Joey Pants Award for the actor you know on, like you know when you see them, but you have no idea what their name is. Or, I mean, Joey Pants is the dude, he's the bald dude from The Matrix, or he's Ralphie from uh, The Sopranos, but you don't know it's like Joe Pantaleon. See, I can't even pronounce his last name, but I know him and love him. Or he did the, D- the award for Dion Waiters Heat Check Award for the smallest part that made the biggest impact. I mean, it's all rocket science level brilliance and entertainment. And he always casually mentions like four to six deep cut movies on each podcast. That makes me laugh. Like in the game podcast, he just rants for a minute about how weird the 1984 David Cronenberg movie crashes and how if it was on the front page of Netflix, the world would collapse. Like this just made me laugh. I had to repeat, listen to that like for five, five or six times because it just it made everyone else in the studio laugh too. He's unafraid of looking foolish and he always asks really inappropriate questions about movies that make his guests laugh. Like he has a relatable yet unique overall perspective and he's my hero. So, I mean, how can you, how can you not rank your hero high? But I I know it's crazy. It's his podcast. He should be number one, but for sheer entertainment value, one man stands alone. It is Chris Ryan. Like the man is magic. First and foremost, I'm a guy who loves impressions and CR, that's what I, he's, he said I could call him CR because we're buddies, is the warrior poet of imitating famous actors and isn't afraid to empty the clip by going overboard and using them. Like he does his Al Pacino and Heat voice at least two times an episode. He does a fast and he does a fantastic Coglin from Cocktail. He can mock Diane Lane's terrible Boston accent in The Perfect Storm. He can do a great Michael Caine. He'll do a bad Christopher Walken or a terrible Buffalo Bill with zero fear in his voice. He's loud and intelligent and really thoughtful. And on top of his impressions, he has the smartest takes of anyone on the show, without a doubt. He's the son of a film critic, and you can tell it's like genetically in him. And it's clear he understands every aspect of movies with a depth and clarity that few others possess. Like when he defined Michael Bay's directorial technique as frame fucking, like I nearly lost it. Like it's just so funny and perfect and apt, but also kind of immature at the same time. And he's adept at every field of like, of, analyzing movies from like the i mean he can he can take any movie and just break it down like john gruden would break down you know an offensive play like he can go from campy b-level action genre craft to oscar warning oscar winning generational movies like he brings the same energy and information to all his pods and he always gets laughed from the other podcasters plus him and bill star the rewatchables they started with heat and they did a second heat podcast for the 100th episodes 100th episode of the rewatchables and both of those pods are my favorite so he wins like chris ryan for president so there you have it there's the top 10 rewatchables podcasters ranked correctly and i don't think there's any argument because there's no one else here so it's my list so this will i don't think anyone's ever done a list of this before so i think i'm the first the last and i'm the definitive expert on rewatchable entertainment it was a fun podcast. Like it was a podcast about a podcast. Like how meta is that? Like, I love it. And I love you for listening to it. So till next time, later.